Welcome. This is Heartstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. Remember that you can email us at heartstockradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and especially if you're using business as a force for good and you'd like to be a guest on our show. Uh, Daniel Hogan is in the studio, and today our guest is Joanna James, and she'll be with us in just a moment tell us all about what she's up to. She's a filmmaker of the PBS broadcast film, A Fine Line. She's also the founder of MAP. In just a moment, she'll be with us. This is Heartstock. Thanks for listening. As I went walking that ribbon the highway, I saw glory that in the skyway. I saw below me that golden valley. Hello again, this is Heartstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy, and Daniel Hogan is in the studio. Today, our guest is Joanna James, and she's got a lot going on. I'm very excited to hear about MAP and the films, well, maybe more than one, that she has been creating. Hi, Joanna. How are you? And thanks for being on Heartstock. Hi, Carol. Thanks for having me on. It's my pleasure. Indeedy. So where are you located? Where are you speaking with us from today? I'm based in Connecticut. I lived in Manhattan for the last uh, 11 years with my kids, but finally uh, COVID, like like many, you know, sort of forced us out by the end. I have three little girls, so a uh, two-bedroom mm. apartment wasn't cutting it. Oh, my goodness. Yes, and lots of drama there. Can you give our listeners a little intro here what is MAP and how does it relate to the film that you created, A Fine Line? Yes. Well, MAP is a 501c3 nonprofit, and it's a nonprofit to empower more women into leadership. And we do that through mentorship and advocacy. And it started as a social impact arm off the film A Fine Line, which is a documentary that I directed and produced. And so, um, Really, it was my filmmaking. Uh, I'm a filmmaker. That um, That's how this all started for me, and in particular, um, how we created MAP. And you mentioned that you lived in New York City before. Is that where you grew up? Where are you from originally? And how did you get your training in documentary filmmaking? No, I am from Worcester, Massachusetts. I lived in New York and it was like a uh, training ground for me, to be honest, because I was exposed to so many great other documentarians and cinematographers and uh, editors. So I was really learning on the job. I never imagined in a million years that I'd make a movie. But uh, like most, when you find a subject you're really passionate about and you just feel, you know, you have to get it made, you figure it out. And that's what happened with this film. It's it's very personal for me. It explores why less than uh, 6% of head chefs and restaurant owners are women. Uh, people are usually very surprised to learn about that because traditionally we think women have that role in the kitchen, but professionally that's not the case. And my mother is a 33-year restaurant owner and chef. So, you know, I saw firsthand what she was up against, the sacrifices she had to make, even though she was 
so good at something and loved it. And so, you know, I made a film on it and, uh, and definitely being in New York helped in making that happen. Okay. Well, where is your mom's restaurant? You said she's been doing it for quite some time. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So Val's Restaurant is the name of the restaurant. It's it's in Holden, Massachusetts. And it's funny because the film, we've gone international with a fine line in the sense of uh, different film festivals across the globe, let alone all throughout the U.S., uh, we did a nationwide screening tribute tour, recognizing women in their communities who have always been there, especially now, you know, post-COVID. We we saw firsthand how small independent restaurants were the backbone to so many of their neighborhoods and communities, feeding first responders, checking in on their, you know, elderly customers, making sure that they had food. So it was really important for us to use this film as a catalyst for good and to to recognize many women who weren't getting the press and awards that they deserved. And so my mom, you know, she's just been the strongest person I know and role model for all she does in her community, uh, which is in, like I said, Holden, Mass. But I think what where I was going was she always just really enjoys when so many new customers come in because they've seen the film, especially some have come as far as, you know, from California, Washington State, and they just want to hug, you know, and they say, Val, will you give me a hug? So it's, it's really been a great experience getting to share her story and what she was up against because we found that it's a very universal uh, shared story for for many women trying to rise up the ranks and really not just in the hospitality and culinary industry but across most industries there's a huge staggering gap between you know women in leadership in those uh, particular fields yes and I'd like to delve into that a little bit more but first, I'm wondering, what was your experience like in learning all the skills that you needed in order to make a fine line? Can you talk a little bit about the other documentaries that you worked on in how you learned the craft? Well, I'm a former newspaper reporter, so I didn't have any training whatsoever in film or filmmaking. But as a journalist, I think that was just the best preemptive training I could have had because it was about asking the questions and not stopping until you felt uh, you really got to the heart of what the issue was about. And then in terms of the actual technical stuff in the in the field of filmmaking, it was really learning as I was going, starting at, you know, point A and then just moving through until we got to the finished film. And so, you know, being in New York City, I was able to go to so many different workshops, many of them from women in film groups that I'm just immensely grateful to have learned about because otherwise I wouldn't have learned a lot of the inside information, you know, on on how to do certain things. So that's also something I take to heart in the programming we offer for MAP. And also just really listening to my gut as to who I should be working with, because a lot of those people were instrumental in helping me, you know, develop my skill set and also being patient to work with me and, and also believe in my vision. Because at the end of the day, as the director and producer, you know, I was the one calling the shots. And so to have some of these 
really esteemed, uh, highly acclaimed editors and cinematographers taking direction from me, you know, that was really, it, it meant a lot because at the end we were able to put together a film that won many awards and beyond the awards really had a sweeping impact in terms of what it was able to do just from, I, I think at the end of it all, it comes down to good storytelling. And I think we uh, we did that. What were some of the awards? I'm really kind of curious because previously we had interviewed um, a friend of mine that was a documentary maker, and I I watched them go through the process, and it, it is definitely not easy. So how were you able to, well, I guess, just get it out in the public and get it into, was it film festivals? Is that how you got it out? Right. Yes. That's the first step is really um, getting into the film festivals, because when you do that, you're also meeting so many other great filmmakers there, but also other avenues to continue to distribute the film, not just on at a film festival. But then, you know, you meet someone who says, wow, that that film really resonated with me. I want to host a screening. Or did you consider showing the film here, you know, wherever here may be? And so for us, I pretty much did self-distribution. I didn't know I was doing that. But I wasn't getting any great offers from distributors. And I was getting offers and and from some really, you know, leading reputable distributors. But you got to really know what you want to do with your film. It's not just about getting it on Netflix or Hulu or wherever, because then it just lives there. It doesn't mean anyone's going to really watch it unless the marketing is behind it. And so I was very dedicated to making sure the film was going to not only be seen, but used for what we intended it for in the first place, which was, you know, spotlighting these incredible women and being that conversation starter as to what we can do to make a difference here for for more women in leadership. And so the film festivals provided different awards in the sense that, you know, at the Provincetown International Film Festival, received Best Documentary by a First-Time Filmmaker, and then, you know, a lot of great reviews from the Boston Globe, from uh, different press. And then, like I said, because I was committed to getting the film out there, we went on a nationwide screening tour. That was an idea I had to pay tribute to women in their communities, restaurateurs, bakery owners, chefs. And from doing that, again, we created more press and that led to greater visibility for the film and more people wanting to watch it. So then we got on PBS. And so uh, the film had its national broadcast premiere and was shown more than 30 million views. So, you know, it's really a matter of just keeping that momentum going. And uh, it was also shown on airlines, educational distribution, which is so important. It's a lot of work. It took up, you know, the last five years of my life prior to, well, the last two years was really building MAP as the nonprofit. But prior to that, it was just nonstop making sure that people knew about a fine line, how they could watch it. And also after they watched it, what actions they could take to create more pathways for uh, leadership for all people. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned being a newspaper reporter. Can you talk a little bit about that, where that was and how you got your foot in the door there? 
Well, I mean, I've had a love for writing since I was a little girl. My mom got me a diary when I was probably, I don't know, five years old. And I I still literally have a a box of all my diaries and journals. So writing has always been that outlet for me. And in particular, when I was in junior high, I also started to hear of things or watch things that just didn't sit well with me where I wanted to um, take that level of activism connected to my writing. And so I joined the school newspaper, became the editor-in-chief of the paper. And anything that bothered me or that I thought, um, you know, the underdog wasn't being represented or people who needed a voice, that was the role of the newspaper, to be that voice and to investigate. And so I was just, uh, I knew right away that's what I wanted to do. And so throughout high school, I wrote for the paper, went to college studying uh, journalism, and in particular, print reporting, and interned at the Boston Globe, and then wrote for a Greek-American weekly newspaper uh, and was sent to Athens for the 2004 Summer Olympic Games. So again, it was just sort of finding the opportunities to keep growing in my in my craft and advancing in my career. Unfortunately, in 2006, I would say, the industry was, for all intents and purposes, literally going bankrupt. Uh, newspapers in communities were just shutting down entirely. The larger newspapers, you know, it was just really hard to get in, especially as a more advanced reporter or not advanced, but, you know, midway in my career. So that's when I decided to go back to school for my master's and expanded my um, studies. Um, I didn't really study film, but I would sit in on some film classes and I just realized, you know, I could continue to do what I love to do, but do it in other mediums as well. And uh, so it opened up all these other opportunities for me. But at the end of the day, I still consider all my work to be steeped in journalism and uh, and my first love, which is uh, writing. And what was your master's in? My master's was in international communication and media. Hmm. And so, um, you know, I was paying more attention to new forms of media, which at the time, you know, social media today that feels sort of antiquated was literally at the forefront at the time when I was getting my master's. And then uh, beyond social media, even just seeing sort of the grander scheme of communication from, you know, the boom days of radio to newspapers and then film and television. So it's just sort of opening my eyes to the power of different mediums. We'll be right back. We're going to take our quick little break here and we'll learn more about MAP. I'll see you in just a moment. This is Heartstock. Welcome back to Heartstock. I'm Carol Murphy, your host. Today, our guest is Joanna James. Hi again, Joanna. And can you tell us um, a little bit more about MAP? The statistics that you shared before, you said, I think, 
6% of all head chefs are women. Why is this? What's going on out there? I mean, so many of our guests have talked about, you know, just the difficulty of getting funding if you have a startup. And now we're hearing the same dismal numbers in the restaurant industry. Yes. And just to clarify, 6% of head chefs and restaurant owners, so actual restaurant operators and chefs. There's actually a little hope since the film A Fine Line premiered and MAP was created, we've actually see the data of the work we're doing making a difference. So five years prior, it was 19% of uh, head chefs were women. And today we're uh, more than 25%. And I absolutely know it's from much of the work we did because it's number one, it's a lot of the factors you'd think for any job, really, for women across most industries, which comes down to things like flexible scheduling, which uh, most important, and that's why we're so committed to mentorship, is creating opportunities for women to learn from people who have already been there, done that. And sometimes it doesn't have to be exactly a one-on-one long-term mentorship, as much as just when you're at a point in your career that you can really take that leap to scale and grow that you have some informative decisions behind you so you can make the right decisions. And mentorship is a great way to do that, uh, connecting people and the right people. So we've been focused on really what we can do to make a difference um, to change these numbers. And other than mentorship, it's advocating for what in particular women need and not only need, but just really making sure that workplaces are equitable, that um, there's fair conditions there. So it's a level playing field because for so long we've seen that uh, women face the disproportionate burden, not only in the workplace, but on the home front. So it's no wonder uh, it is the way it is. So we're about creating the conversations to really change those dynamics. And sometimes it starts with ourselves as women to really make sure that uh, we make those changes too. Like I say, I couldn't do half of what I've done without my husband, who is just such a great partner um, and hands-on, you know, and I don't just say, oh, I'll just do it so I can get it done quicker. I let him, you know, do the laundry or he brings the kids to school in the morning. I put him to bed at night. You know, we just, we can't do it all. So we've got to designate and we also just really have to stay focused on the work that, that we want to do and how we can get ahead. And that is what MAP is committed to. Indeedy. And I'm wondering if you could help our listeners understand how does MAP work if they need a mentor and how do you get find and get women to be mentors? Yeah. So, well, MAP is a free membership. You join, there are some different options, um, especially if you want us to really be more uh, involved in your coaching and career trajectory. But the most important thing is to learn about the different events and options for you, which we provide on our website, mappimpact.org, as well as all of our social media. So at MAP Impact, which is M-A-P-P Impact, and also a fine line movie. 
because we provide, uh, like we have an online webinar that started. It's called the Roadmap Series. And each month we tackle a different area of essential areas for women to grow their businesses. And we have industry leaders and experts who are tackling that from how to get your finances in order to branding and marketing uh, to sustainability. So all different areas that we think are important. And all of those people who registered for the Roadmap webinar series then got to apply for seed funding. And uh, we're actually hosting our second annual conference coming up in Miami on May 1st. And at the conference, we're going to have a live pitch session uh, of the top three candidates to really go through why they deserve the seed funding. It's a $50,000 pool of of cash prizes and free services like accounting, uh, attorney hours, a PR campaign. So that's, we think that uh, when you do all of that, you have the mentorship, you have the advocacy in terms of really making sure our requirements are out there and, and people know how to create this key atmosphere for for growth combined with resources and tools and of course capital then th- that's what you need that's how you're going to see the p- the full potential of someone so yeah the first step is really just coming to our website to our social media to learn of the different um resources and tools that are offered for you to also, if you're looking for a mentor, we right now specify in the culinary and hospitality industry, but we know that the program we're developing can be across all industries. Indeed, and um, that was going to be my next question. So thanks for thanks for sharing that. It definitely leads me to wonder: with MAP and with the seed funding, how are you funded? Well, I mean, just like with a fine line and that home stretch, it came down to women supporting women. There are some other really great uh, woman-led food organizations, and they wanted to host screenings and and fundraisers to help us get through that home stretch of uh, post-production. And that's how we did it. And now the same thing with MAP. You know, we uh, provide a free membership, but when it comes to the conference or some of the different uh, webinars we offer, uh, there's a cost there. And so there's a lot of great organizations who are providing some of those tickets uh, for, for different members in their own organizations. A big part of it for us is corporate sponsorships. Uh, so especially from a lot of the corporations that work with the operators who we serve, we provide so many scholarships. And so that comes directly from the funds of uh, the support from many of our partners, some of our greatest partners from day one who have believed in the work we're doing and have championed it include PepsiCo, Doe Wines, and Markham Vineyards, part of uh, Distinguished Vineyards Wine Partners. Um, so we have some really great partners who um, who want to see a lot of these changes made and who have been committed by our side to make it happen. We have about, oh, four minutes left. And in that time, I'm hoping you can share with our listeners what you can have coming up for the future. What lays ahead for MAP? And are you going to be making any any new documentaries? 
I am. Uh, I have a new series I'm working on. Uh, it's at the developmental stages, so it's early on. I can't really share much, but I will say I've seen the power of food and film connected and how, um, you know, a shared meal brings us together and especially at a time where it can feel really isolating and polarizing. I find hope and encouragement from, um, you know, the community I'm in of chefs and restaurateurs and farmers. And so um, I'm working on something highlighting that. And in terms of MAP, we're really excited for uh, our conference coming up. That's all about exploring how we can um, create more sustainable uh, business growth and personal growth through well wellness and well-being. And uh, so we're going to be having those great conversations on May 1st in Miami. Again, if you go to our website, you'll see all the information about that, as well as the roadmap webinar series that you can be part of. And we're actually learning from a fine line and going back on the road. We're going to be doing a 10-state live tour, and that's across the whole country. So please follow us because you'll see where we'll be, if it may be uh, your own community, throughout 2023. We'll be in Texas, we'll be in Dallas, Austin, Houston, we'll be in uh, Nashville, in New York, so really all over. But definitely, I, I hope to see many people, uh, many of our friends in Miami. That's That's the first step coming up. And then I'd like to talk just a bit more. We've got just a couple minutes left, but can you talk more about the seed funding and how you were able to attain funding for that? And who is it that you're looking for? What are what are some of the qualities of the folks that will receive the feed, seed funding? Well, th- that um, has since closed the application process. We started that in the win- late fall of 2022. But the candidates had to have been in business for a few years, had to provide um, you know, some of their uh, tax information. We really vetted everyone to make sure it was thoroughly um, transparent and fair across the board. But it's women in... Um, independent, uh, either restaurants, catering, uh, bakeries, cafes. And so we have a great selection of women to choose from. And we've, we've narrowed it down now to our top, um, five and going down to the top three, uh, who will then, like I said, uh, be at the map conference in Miami and really go through why they should get, um, the prizes, to help them uh, further um, scale and grow their businesses. And they also, the other exciting thing I should mention is they're going to be paired with a restaurant group um, as a mentor for one full year. So we're not just giving them capital and services, but we're also really helping them, you know, be connected to such a strong leader in the in the restaurant industry to to help coach them through, to help sometimes we just need someone to say, I believe in you and you've got this. And, you know, so so we're excited about that program. And how might folks find you? You mentioned uh, a few places, I think, for a fine line, but um, you yourself, how might folks reach out if they'd like to learn more? Uh, well, you can also reach out to me on uh, my social media at uh, Joanna James Films. 
J-O-A-N-N-A-J-A-M-E-S Films. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I, I would love to hear from people there. And you can visit a finelinemovie.com, the website, so you can see, um, you can contact us through, through that website as well. Uh, host any screenings in your communities if, if you want to get these conversations started. And, uh, and like I said, for MAP, it's MAP, M-A-P-P, Impact. Fantastic. And thank you so much for being on Heartstock, Joanna, in the work you're doing. Thank you, Carol. Indeed. And as usual, we'll be back next week. Until then, peace. This land was made you and me As I went walking Heartstock Radio is a production of KBMF 102.5 Butte America Radio. Hear our programs every Friday at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time via live stream at butteamericaradio.org. But on the other side